The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. All right, well, thank you for the music this morning. And just uh, as we just continue to worship together and uh, look into God's Word, I want to ask you if you would to, uh, if you have your Bibles or you're following along on your cell phones, uh, we're going to be in a couple of different places in Scripture. Our two main ones this morning are uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2, and then uh, over in Numbers chapter 21. We'll also uh, end up in Matthew chapter 14. So those are some of the scriptures we'll be looking at. Uh, I want to tell you kind of a commercial break here. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about seeing the unseen. And uh, it says in 2 Corinthians, look not to the things that are seen, but look at the things that are unseen. And I was thinking about that over the past few weeks. How do you see something that's unseen? And uh, we're going to look at that next week. And uh, we're going to look at some passages over in Kings and some other places uh, that help us to see things that are unseen. But today I want us to uh, focus on something that will be real popular with you and uh, for a lot of folks. And that's uh, focus on your stimulus package. We've heard a lot of... uh, a lot of words about the stimulus package that's coming out. Some of you've probably received checks. Some of you probably hadn't, and uh, you may be wondering where your packet's at and why it's not been sent yet, or if it's going to be sent. And uh, so, with that, I want us to uh, go to Hebrews chapter 12. I uh, I do like the song that we sing. Fear is a liar. Uh, uh, the words say it, t- it takes your breath. Uh, it stops your joy. It robs your rest and it steals your happiness. And I I believe that's really true. We've talked about fear quite a bit over the last few weeks. And uh, I believe this is about week five that we've been uh, uh, we've been out of our comfort zone, maybe, so to speak. And uh, there's a lot of opportunities out on the Internet now to uh, to uh, see some worship services and to be involved in that way. And we're glad that you're joining us. Uh, But our desire is that the fear, uh, we wouldn't allow fear to to rob us of our rest, of our joy, of our happiness, uh, to take our breath, to to stop us, uh, and just so many ways that it stops us. And uh, so I want to take a different angle this morning. Uh, as I think about our stimulus package. In Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, uh, I know I used this passage of Scripture a few weeks ago, but it's, uh, it's a great passage of Scripture. Uh, someone said that the Word of God is so shallow that a, a child can wade in it uh, and so deep that the, the theologian can dive into it and never touch the bottom. And I think that's true when we start looking at passages of Scripture and how they... Uh, from the simplest things to the deepest things we find. And the more we look and the more we study and read, I think the more we can understand that. So Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Wherefore, since we are uh, compassed all about with this uh, great cloud of witnesses, or we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. There's a couple of words that I want us to just pull out of there that we'll talk to a little bit later. One of them is uh, running the race that's set before us. Uh, There's things that are before us that we're going to have to deal with, and 
the writer of uh, Hebrews, he kind of uh, likened that into a race, a, con a contest. But he adds a word with patience, and we're going to talk more about that in just a moment. And then really our focal passage this morning is the end of that, Hebrews 12, 2 there, that says, Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Uh, we've heard a lot of messages. We've heard a lot of news. Uh, we've heard from more politicians and doctors and talk show hosts and media, probably than we desire, about COVID-19, something we'd never even heard of uh, a while back, and now it's uh, before all of us. seems like we, we hear and see so much with all the news we have on TV and the radio and the Internet and the Facebook and newspapers and sermons. You know, I could go on and on. We're bombarded with uh, often negative comments that tell us what we can't say, what we can't do, where we can't go, and you get the message. Uh, we really need some good news uh, during this time, and uh, the good news is a, uh, for some, is a, a stimulus package. I know for some that was needing that, that's, a, that's good news, but I want us to go beyond that. I want us to go a little deeper than that. Uh, regardless of your thoughts on the number of the issues that I brought up, uh, I think there's one thing that we all need, and that's good news, and here's the good news that we can start with is the Bible tells us that this good news never changes. Uh, it, it never sleeps. It's always available. Uh, it never closes. It never turns us away. Uh, it never runs out. It's always there. It's always available. And there's no charge. There's no special talents that it takes. There's no age requirements. There's no preconditions at all uh, to receive this this stimulus package that I'm talking about this morning, and if you're listening right now or uh, you've listened in the past, you've probably heard of this man. It's not a check that's going to come in the mail, but uh, some call him Emmanuel, and some call him uh, the Messiah, some call him the Savior, and some the King of Kings, uh, some other things, but uh, we call him Lord, and here's the thing about his services. They're free. They're free of charge. That's right. They're free simply for speaking up, simply for asking. Uh, the Bible says that's our part is just simply asking for this free gift from God. Romans 4.24 says, But for us also to whom it shall be imputed. Now, I chose to use this passage here. We're going to talk a little bit about it. Uh, to him it, sh it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the death, and he credits our account as though we are righteous. Uh, here's a different translation of the same verse, but for our sake also unto him it shall be reckoned who believe in him that raised Jesus our Lord from the death. So those two terms are imputed and reckoned are both banking terms. Uh, it really means that when we come to Christ, that, that imputed or that reckoned, he looks at our account and he finds us spiritually empty, bankrupt, broke. Uh, and when we accept him, he imputes or he credits our account with righteousness. 
Uh, and that righteousness simply means a right relationship with Christ. And he gives us everything we need to succeed. Now, that's a great stimulus package. Think about that. Everything we need that we might be able to succeed, all of our needs he's going to fulfill. And that's, that's not just my ideal. That's not just uh, somebody saying, well, Jake, that's a, that's, a, that's a tender thought. But Philippians 4.19 says, God will supply you all your needs, listen to this, according to his riches in Christ Jesus. That's a promise that he supplies all our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. That's the simple message of the cross. That's what it is. So now here's where the problem comes in. Here's a, a key part of this. It's not a new thing. That's what we're going to talk about. This has been going on uh, all the way back to the Garden of Eden. The problems come in when things start veering off of the way we think they should go. When things start uh, going the opposite of the way that we think they should. Uh, when, when things are rolling along, we're, we're okay with what God has for us. But when things change, uh, too often we forget what God has done for us. We forget God's promises. And, and uh, we begin to look around at our troubles and our problems and... Because of that, fear, and we talked about fear and we sang about fear, that fear enters our lives uh, and it causes us to doubt that God is still in control. So his promises, his assurance, his presence, uh, they're always with us and we're given that. So uh, I want to give you a couple examples of that. I said this goes all the way back to... Uh, the Garden of Eden, and I have a, a, an example of this from the Old Testament, an example from the New Testament, of things when folks uh, begin to experience things that were out of their comfort zone, that were a little bit different, that were not going the direction they thought they should, and look at how God uh, called them to focus not on the problems, but to focus on Him. The, the first is found in Numbers chapter 21. Uh, starting in verse 4, it says, Now the Israelites left Mount Hor by the end of the road that leads to the Gulf, Gulf of Aqaba uh, in order to go around the territory of Edom. Now we're going to talk more about that for just a second uh, when we get to it. So they're leaving, they're kind of going in a, a direction around somewhere instead of going straight through where they want to be. They go around the territory of Edom. But on the way, listen to this, the people lost their patience. And they began to speak against God and against Moses. And they complained, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to die here in the desert where there's no food and there's no water? We can't stand any more of this miserable food. And uh, we're not going to go and look at all this, but God had provided them some manna and some quail, and they were just sick of it. They, they were tired of eating uh, fried bologna sandwiches every day. They had kind of got to the point that they say, we're, we're tired of this uh, food. We don't have anything we desire. So the people came to Moses, and they said, we've sinned against the Lord, and we've sinned against you. Now pray to the Lord uh, and I skipped a little, a little part in there, not on purpose, but because of their complaining, because of their, uh, uh, their grumbling against God, the, the Bible says here, uh, the Lord sent snakes 
and they bit the people and they died. Okay, so uh, let me get back to that. So they say, we can't stand any more of this miserable food. Then the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many Israelites were bitten and many died. And the people came to Moses and said, we've sinned against and spoke against the Lord and against you. Now pray to the Lord to take these snakes away. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord told Moses to make a metal snake and put it on a pole so that anyone who was bitten could look at it and would be healed. So Moses made a bronze snake, and he put it on a pole, and anyone who had been bitten would look at the bronze snake and would be healed. Now, just a couple of side notes. It's interesting to me that God didn't take away the serpents. Uh, they were still among the people. Matter of fact, there were still some being bit because the, the antidote was to look to the bronze snake or look to this that was lifted up when you were bitten. So uh, they were, there were still snakes. There were still problems. There were still areas in, uh, among the people that they didn't really care for, but God gave them uh, a way for deliverance. So as we think about this, uh, God began this journey, and he said, I'm going to take you around Edom. Now, the people may or may not have understood this, but what God was doing, he was protecting them from a greater danger. Israel was bigger than Edom, and they, they would have uh, had a, a large enough military that they could have overcame them, but God said to, to avoid death and, and the needless uh, loss of life, I'm going to carry you around Edom. And, and so, from the very beginning, God had the best for his people in mind. Now, look what happened. The first thing is this. The Bible says they lost their patience. Uh, just think about what that means. They, they were okay trusting God as long as things were going the way they thought they should. But they really lost their patience. They said, okay, uh, enough is enough. And as they lost their patience... They forgot to look towards God. They forgot that God had given them deliverance. And they, they just kind of forgot those things in their life. So, so here's the first thing I want us to be warned about is uh, we need to be patient during difficult times. Uh, we need to be patient with what God is doing. And we need to be patient in knowing that he's still in control. Here's the second thing. Not only did they lose their patience, they truly forgot about all that God had done for them. If we think about the deliverance that uh, they had experienced uh, from all the way back from when, uh, when Pharaoh let the people go and God had provided for them over and over and over, they really just forgot about all those things. Matter of fact, a little bit later in Scripture, uh, after Joshua dies, Joshua replaced Moses. So Moses died and then Joshua died. And Judges 2.10 tells us that a whole generation of people grew up and had forgotten what the Lord had done for Israel. So we see that uh, the children of Israel had been faithful to God, had been faithful to God. A couple of leaders died, and uh, because of the circumstances of the time and because of the way the world was headed during that time, a whole generation of people grew up that had forgotten what God had done. They had forgotten God's deliverance. They had forgotten uh, God's rewards toward them. They had forgotten God's blessings. They had forgotten all the things that God had done for them. So Israel's deliverance, Israel's deliverance, it was, it was available uh, through something being lifted up from the earth. We, 
we go back and just to quickly look at this uh, passage of Scripture. There's serpents in the camp. They're biting people. The people are dying. So God says, uh, I'm going to give you deliverance. I'm going to have Moses. He's going to make a serpent. He's going to lift it up from the from the earth, and if you're bitten, then you look towards that which is lifted up from the earth, and there you'll find deliverance. So, so remember that. They, they simply found deliverance. They, were, they found what I'm calling their stimulus package simply by looking towards what Christ had lifted up from the earth. Now, uh, if you go to Numbers and read that, chapter, four, uh, chapter 21, 4 through verse 9, that's really a, an example of someone who was to come. Uh, in Christ, and that's what we're going to close with in just a moment. But I told you I'd give you a New Testament example, and uh, we find that over in uh, Matthew chapter 14, verse 25 through 31. Here's your New Testament example. Now, the, the folks that we talked about, the Israelites, they were simply to focus upon God's deliverer when they kept their eyes focused upon uh, that, that serpent which God had created. Uh, for them to find deliverance in, they were delivered. But when they took their eyes off of Christ's deliverance, then they died. Well, here in Matthew, we're going to kind of jump right in the middle of a passage of Scripture. Uh, in verse 25, it says, Between 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to his disciples walking on the water. He had dismissed them sometimes earlier. They had gotten in a boat. They had started across the sea. Christ had dismissed a group of people that were there. And uh, he's catching up, or he's actually walking there on the water. And they saw him walking on the water. The Bible says they were terrified. Some of them shouted, it's a ghost. And they screamed out in fear. But Jesus spoke to them at once. And he says, courage. That's his words to them. Courage. Take courage. He said, it is I, and don't be afraid. But then Peter spoke up and said, Lord, if it's really you, order me to come to you on the water. Come, answered Jesus. So Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water to Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he was afraid. And he started to sink down in the water. And he cried out, save me, Lord. And at once Jesus reached out and grabbed hold of him and said, "Ye of little faith. Why did you doubt? I want you to think about Peter for just a moment. Peter uh, walking on the water. He, he had fear. He was afraid. He was discouraged. He was, he was doubting. Do you see the doubt there in his voice when, when they're screaming out in fear, when they're terrified? Uh, see that doubt of his voice when he says, Lord, if this really is you, then tell me to come to you. He had some doubt, but he... He questioned that. He brought it before God, and, and he asked, you know, hey, God, if this is you, I, I, we're, we're terrified. Have me come to you. And the Lord said, come on, Peter. Here I am. And Peter gets out, and he begins to walk upon the water. I've preached on this before, and we could spend so much time on this this morning, but what I want us to do is just look at the very last part of this. The Bible says this, when he saw the wind, when he heard the wind, when he saw the waves, he began to sink. Now, what did Peter do? Peter had deliverance from his fear, from his doubt. Peter had deliverance from his discouragement, from, from the things that he was fearful of. He had deliverance there as long as he would look towards Christ. 
But when he took his eyes off Christ, the scripture says he began to sink. He began to fall away. He began to be terrified once again. He he began to be afraid once again. He began to be discouraged once again because he took his eyes off of Christ and he began to sing. Folks, here's the good news today. Peter cried out, Lord, save me. Remember what the children of Israel did? They, They came to the Lord and they said, Lord, we have sinned against you. Save us. And in both of these examples, God gave a way that the people might be saved, that the people might uh, not be fearful or dreadful or afraid or discouraged, but he simply said, if you look towards me, you can find deliverance. In John chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus said, And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw men unto me. What Christ was talking about and how that that picture in Numbers that we saw earlier of, of the one lifted up from the earth and how that was really a, something of a Savior that was to come. Jesus was telling his followers, if I be placed on a cross and if I be lifted up from the earth, then I will draw men unto myself. I will draw people unto myself. And as they looked towards God, they found deliverance. They found assurance. So this morning, I think... Uh, I just got a question to ask you. Uh, you know, what, what good things do you think might come through uh, the conditions that we're going in today? I mean, the conditions we're living in today, the, the, uh, the uncertainty, the, the questions about the future, where our jobs will go, where, uh, where uh, our stimulus packages are coming from, what's going to happen tomorrow and next week, and when will the economy be opened up, and all of the questions, all the things we have before us, I want to ask you, what good could you say would come out of this? Listen to me what God's Word says in Romans 8, 28. It says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Now, that doesn't say all things are good. It says all things work together for good. So, folks, be assured of this. There's going to be something good come through this time, this time of isolation, this time of refocusing on family and what really matters. You know, we kind of live in a country that's forgotten what God has done for us in the past. We've kind of looked around and uh, begin to focus on things that really don't matter, and we've found so many things in the news that goes against God's will and God's desire for His people. But you know what? God still offers deliverance. He still says, take courage, it is I. I'm still on the throne. I'm still in control. Uh, Remember, be patient. Uh, We're going to get through these times, and it's going to be something good on the other side of what's happening today. And God is still on the throne. He's still in in charge. So uh, let's let's just uh, close this morning with that passage we started with that says this. Look to Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. Look towards Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. The last thing that passage says is this, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. You know, Christ was headed to the cross of Calvary to be crucified. And uh, when we think about the joy set before him, he endured the cross, the The time of the cross was not a pleasant time for Christ, but he knew that 
if he endured the hardship, there was something better waiting for him in heaven. That, the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So for the joy set before us, let's endure this difficult time. Let's fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And let's pray together. Father, Lord, I do thank you for your word, the assurance that we have in your word, Father. I, I thank you, Lord, that you've told us that you, uh, if you be lifted up from this earth, you'll draw us unto yourself, Father. I thank you that, that you have given us a free gift that we can say because of the joy set before us, these things that we deal with today, uh, as Paul said, these afflictions of the day will never compare with their riches that await us in Christ Jesus. And Father, I pray... Uh, for each one, Lord, I know these are difficult times, Lord. I know that for many that are out of work or hours have been uh, cut in half or even worse, Lord, for those that uh, are struggling with isolation and different things, Lord, I pray that we would just fix our eyes upon you. Father, we'd find uh, our stimulus uh, in you, Lord, that we would be stimulated by your word, by your love, by love of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I pray, Father, that through this time we would look for the good news today and we'd look for what you're doing in our hearts, in the hearts of your people, and the hearts of our nation, Lord. We lift up our leaders. We lift up those who have authority, Father. We pray that you would just divide, uh, guide them with your divine light, Lord. And, Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for your love, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us this week, and as I said, next week we'll be looking at seeing the things which are unseen. We hope that you'll come be a part of our worship service and you have a good day.